recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge high atop the David Reed building in beautiful Midtown Chesapeake, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, the magnetic monster and Catwomen of the Moon. See, the magnetic monster battle its deadliest enemy, the giant Deltatron. You'll share man's greatest thrill as you rocket through space to the lost moon city of alluring, ferocious cat women. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast. I don't know if we're back on schedule yet. <laughs> Been kind of hectic the last two months with Monster Fest and the Williamsburg Nostalgia Fest and trying to get settled in the new lounge. What do you think, Phyllis? <laughs> I'm just rambling yes, <laughs> right off the bat are. here. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty crazy. I don't know that. Well, I think we're back on a schedule. I don't know if it's our original schedule, but it's uh, at least every other Monday. So we'll see how that goes. And hopefully we can get through this without sounding too funny. Well, my voice is hoarse. I can hear it already. So uh, <laughs> Rob says it's it's sexy. I don't know yeah. about that. <laughs> and all this weather flip-flopping around here it was winter for a couple of days and it was spring then it was winter again then it was summer and then it was the winter now it's spring and it's gonna be winter tomorrow my sinuses are saying go to hell so <laughs> yeah, it's not pleasant. that might sound a little stuffy but anyway we'll try to get through this and well that's not too stuffy that's okay anyhow so yeah this is a twofer because we weren't sure if we could get through a whole episode with just one of them but they were both pretty fun to watch at least i thought so yeah for different reasons uh <laughs> Both, uh, you know, Atomic Age, more or less sci-fi movies. Right. Both released in 1953. Okay. So there's the connection. There you go. <laughs> the same year. Yeah. We'll start off with the better of the two, I guess. Uh, and, you know, better is, you know, objective. It's an opinion. Yeah. yeah. But The Magnetic Monster was actually a surprising film. Yes. To me and to you too, I guess. Yeah. It's one of those, it's kind of a really a smarter science fiction film than it seemed it should be or that, you know... Because I'd never really heard of it before, I don't think. Or it's one of those I heard about and just didn't pay much attention to, you know. Yeah. Um, Magnetic Monster was a lot of thinking, a lot of science, a lot of dialogue, a lot of character. Yeah. A lot um, of... Not a whole lot pretty, of action, really. No. And from what I understand from doing a little research on it, a lot of real science. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I got know, that right off the bat. Real science, less fiction. Yeah. The thing that hurt it, the why I... I'll stand by this because it's the same thing with the vampire. I, I wonder if the real science heard it, to well, be honest. Because there was no action. Yeah. You know, there was no monster. The title is The Magnetic Monster, and you never see a monster. Right. There's no physical monster to be seen, no iconic character yeah. to hold the imagination and make you remember the movie. You yeah, know? the only time you see a monster, so to speak, because it's really just an element and it's magnetic, yeah. but it's only dangerous. It's only dangerous when it is trying to gather enough energy to uh, grow and divide. Yeah, and it's it's not a sentient being. It, right. It's a it's a it's, radioactive element that is just expanding because yeah. of its characteristics. Right. So it's really not and anything they point, can fight against. There's no antagonist. No, but at this point, I think it's 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 small. You can't see it. They only see it through... Well, they can see the property. You can see it, but we never get shown it because well, it's in no. a container. Right. Well, I mean, we see it only when they're looking through well, the microscope. Well, see the properties microscope. of it. Right. That's but what it, I mean. Yeah. You only see anything when you're looking through the microscope, yeah. the giant microscope. 
But on the plus side, the cool thing about this movie is to me, the way it starts off, it's almost like they were setting up, it's almost like they were setting up for a series of films, you know, or a TV show. It does actually play more like a TV show. Yeah, it almost felt like, it almost felt like men in, not funny like men in black, but like a men in black kind of thing. Yeah, well. They're setting up this government yeah. Program. They have this, the whole prologue tells you who they are, what they're about, and what they do. Like it's the beginning of a TV show. Yeah. They're the OSI. Yeah. The Office of Scientific Investigation. Right. Which it's this organization of scientists, kind of like the Challengers of the Unknown, you know? Yeah. Uh, who go after or hunt down or seek and find these scientific anomalies and things that don't make sense pre-X Files, you yeah, know. Yeah. But this is more like a um like a, you know, FBI kind of thing. Yeah. They go after these things. Yeah, it's any any unknown or unexplainable phenomenon. And they're I know it's it's hard. <laughs> um, like even the at the beginning of the movie, it opens up with not the very beginning, but close to the beginning, you go into this hardware store and the Things are happening that are weird, magnetic issues. And so the the owner of the store, Simon, calls the office of, what, power? and Power and electricity or yeah. whatever it's called. And he tells them, this weird thing is happening here. You need to send somebody over right away. I don't understand what's happening. And so that guy hangs up and he, th- he says to himself or he thinks to himself, yeah. it's, it's weird. So then he hangs up and he calls osi yeah and says you need to send a couple of your amen because that's what they're called yeah that, that's another thing too they're called the guys who work for the osi are called the amen yeah adam men which that means power or you know future and all this stuff that goes into all that too so it's like yeah. you're setting up this you know this foundation of who these people are yeah. that'll continue which need- would have been kind of cool if it did right you know so he tells them you need to send some of your amen over to this place blah 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 yeah. and all the so- clocks have stopped and some th- other things are Becoming magnetic yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah, but the point of that is, you know, even these other, like the power company has been notified. If anything weird is is reported, you need to send it to us yeah. and we'll take care of it. So, I mean, it, it's really an interesting concept. I think it could have been an interesting TV show. It probably were, would have you know? worked as a TV show. Yeah. Because they could have, you know, done so many different things. Yeah. They might have succeeded you know, whereas the, the movie is forgotten. Maybe. You know, because you never hear about it. Yeah. Now, one cool thing I forgot to mention, the OSI. Mm-hmm. I knew it when we the movie came on, I'm like, that's the same organization that Steve Austin worked for, the $6 million man. Oh. And it was the Office of Scientific Investigation. Was it's it? the same organization. So okay. in my head, <laughs> it is the same organization. Oh, and it's been going cool. on the whole time. <laughs> so what was the basis for that organization name? I mean, was there actually some kind of I don't think so. OSI? I think it's just coincidence. They both I mean, I didn't the do any thing. research into it, so that's kind of cool. But anyway. So these guys, the Amen continued, and they created Bionics, <laughs> yes. and, you know, from then on. <laughs> well, we kind of jumped right in. So who is in this movie? Is there anybody of note? Uh, well, yeah, actually. We'll start off the director and the writer is Kurt Siodmak. Ah, we know that name. Who wrote, why do we know that oh, name? Oh, well, because he wrote The Wolfman. <laughs> there you go. And Donovan's Brain. And oh, yeah, you know, The Wolfman is my favorite Universal movie, yes. and we've already talked about that. So anyway, uh, <laughs> but other than you know the people in it, Richard Carlson mm-hmm. is the lead. This one man stood between the Earth and doom. 
Only he dared face the terror of the monstrous thing that had suddenly come alive. And, of course, he was a creature from the Black Lagoon, right. and I think it came from outer space. Mm-hmm. He does a really good job in this. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a classic he's just, leading man, good, yeah. you know, good guy, square-jawed. Yeah, I mean, he, he just felt like a, you know, he's just a dude, and he's doing a job, and, you know, he's expect his wife's expecting, and yeah. you know, it's just, it's very... Regular guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, good guy. King Donovan. Yes, that's his real name. King Donovan. Okay. Uh, he was also in Beast from uh, 20,000 Fathoms and Invasion of Body Snatchers. Okay. And what part did he play? Uh, I think he was Richard Carlson's partner, the other mm. A-man. Okay. Yeah. Jean Byron, who I, I think has, uh, played Carlson's wife. Ah. She was in Invisible Invaders. Mm. Now, here we go. We're getting into the interesting people now. The character actors. Okay. okay. Byron Folger, who was the shop owner. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this guy, I'm not even, he was in movies from the, and TV shows from the 30s through the 70s. Okay, he's been in everything. He's a face you would recognize in every TV show in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and, so, and quite a few movies, 489 credits. Wow. I'm not even going to list any of them. No, you I mean, <laughs> if you're interested, go yeah. look him up. I, it, he's that face. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, man, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frank Gers- Gerstel, I think, Gersel. Another square jawed, plays military guy. A lot of cowboy shows. Two hundred and two credits. Wow. Kathleen Freeman. Mm-hmm. Everybody is Kathleen Freeman. Mm-hmm. You know she was well. She was in The Fly. She was in Singing in the Rain. Yep. But you know, for our purposes, she was the Penguin in Blues right. Brothers. Yeah. And everything from forty eight through two thousand three, she was working. Wow. Uh, Struther Martin. What we've got here is. Failure to communicate. I think he's uncredited, but he was one of the uh, he was the co-pilot on the plane, oh. and of course, Strother Martin, Cool Hand Luke, and everything else. Right, right. and <laughs> don't say it, hiss it, hiss it. And Leonard Mundy, okay, he was the guy in in this who started the whole thing. He stole the element and was trying to experiment on it, and it got out of hand. And of course, he's the cause of all the trouble. Yeah, but he was Professor Pearson in The Mummy. Mm. And also, most people probably recognize him from uh, Star Trek. I think it was the Cage right. episode. He was one of the survivors. Okay, and he's been in every damn thing too. Right, for, right. You know, so don't use him in Apes. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> well, um, it's already Trek. We're there. Yeah. Now, one another thing that's cool about this too is that, uh, Carlson does a lot of voiceover work. Yeah, and there's some speculation that this was kind of the basis they stole this format for Dragnet. Oh, huh. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I'd have to look see when Dragnet actually started, but yeah. uh, that was a, something I read. And I was kind of thinking we were watching. I'm like, ah, this is cool. This is like Dragnet, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one thing that's not super important to the plot of the movie, and I kind of thought was interesting that they threw in anyway for character development, I guess, is the wife. I mean, his wife is expecting. Yeah. She's very thin, and he keeps teasing her that she's too skinny and not showing yet. She's only four months along. And they are very affectionate. They yeah. are very in love. Yeah. They have one bed in the bedroom. I mean, so now with Lucy, yeah, you know, Dick Van Dyke, there's two beds. Yeah. So when when did that happen well, you know, that's, in relation you to know, the film? In movies, I'm not sure. Yeah. In TV, I think one of the first couples to have the one same bed. bed was Mike and Carol Brady. Yeah, I think in the you're 70s. right. Right. 
So, I mean, I don't know about movies, like you said, yeah. but I mean, it's a little, it kind of pushed the boundaries, I thought. A little thought. bit, a little bit, yeah. Little bit. This was 53, so. I mean, they were. They this wasn't were the very, 60s yet. Yeah, they were, they were pretty amorous yeah. on the screen there. I think that was, you know, it's the more, and because we've watched this twice now, mm-hmm. and I'd watch it again. It wasn't that it was slow, but there wasn't a lot of action going on. But right. it was the personalities, the characters, yeah. they had charisma. Mm-hmm. So they kept you watching it. Yeah. And But I think a lot of that with him and the wife was character development to, to get you to like these people. Oh, yeah. You know, in case well, you're invested. to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. You're invested in him and you, you want him to yeah. make it through to the end so that he can get to yeah. his house and that patch of grass and that tree for his kid to climb right. on. Because <laughs> he mentions that a couple <laughs> yeah, of times. Yeah, in the sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing, too, is it seems like it's two TV shows put together. Yeah. Because you've got the whole part at the beginning where they're tracking down the element, trying to find what it is, and they find it on the plane with that professor. Right. And they get it and, you know, get him and they get the element. Yes. And then it shifts gears. And they protect where they, the scientists, and they, by the way, but not the policeman. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but they mention that, though. Yeah, they do. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. But uh, then you got, then they transport it from the plane to the truck to another plane. Mm-hmm. To take it to Canada to this underground facility to dispose of it, mm-hmm. and that seems like okay. We shift the gears now. There's here's another story or yeah. another part of the story. You know, it's not like yeah. it doesn't. It's not like a smooth flow. It's like that one stops and this one starts, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And in the middle is stock footage of planes refueling mid flight, yeah. which well, is really cool. <laughs> actually, there's a lot more stock footage. Yeah, well, I know, but that's no, like you the, don't. The dividing point. No, I just found this out. Oh, okay. Most of that footage underground in the canadian thing Mm -hmm. is from a german film oh called i think gold well that's not stock footage that's the german film well stock footage from another film a lot of the special effects footage and the underground stuff Mm -hmm. is from a german film called gold i didn't read what it was about but oh wow yeah and that and that's why you see they're wearing those big overcoats and the bigger hats yeah that are a little dated for 50s even should be more 30 because the film is older (laughs) to Ah. match the other people in the in the long shots of the other film interesting yeah yeah but they play it off they say oh you know you gotta wear the coats because it's so cold underground it's almost freezing yeah they're under sea level and all that so they cover it yeah i would definitely watch this again we watched it was on roku on Um, tubi or something Prime. Prime or Tubi? I think it was it was either Prime or Tubi. Yeah. I can't remember. We watch both of those a lot. There's yeah. a lot of good stuff on those. Yeah, yeah. I really, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was it was surprisingly smart. You know, I I think the first time I watched it through, things were happening, and I can't remember what it was that I was like, "No, it's this," and and yeah. Rob was like, "Oh, look at you, scientist," <laughs> which I thought was funny. But it, you know, it's only it's only movies and TV. Sci-fi has done this to me. But I I really enjoyed it. I thought yeah. it was a good time. A good time. It was uh, it was smart. It was something that actually got you to think a little bit and pay attention. As, and pay attention. It wasn't just a popcorn film. Yeah, for and, a sci-fi. And we're know. we're sucker. Both are suckers for Atomic Age fifties oh, sci-fi yeah. movies, yeah. monster movies. But this doesn't fall into that that silly fifties sci-fi. No, it's not a rubber suit monster movie. No, no, not at all. Um, and on one level, it's not enjoyable like those movies are. Right. But on the other hand, it isn't. It's enjoyable because it's it was something different. Yeah. You know, and definitely, it, I'd buy it. Yeah, oh, I'd buy yeah, a copy sure. of it and have it on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that it was very very different. Yeah. Glad that we stumbled upon it. Oh yeah, yeah, highly recommended. Yes, for sure. Now our second feature, on the other hand. <laughs> And this one, I've seen... So, Magnetic Monsters, I had never heard of before. We yeah. just stumbled on it. Yeah. 
This one, I've heard of it for years. Catwomen. I've seen yeah. pictures of it for years. Catwomen on the Moon, I've heard of forever. And it's one of those I just never got around to watching. Right. And it, and I, I would have at any moment in time just because of the title. Right. But I just never got around to it. Exactly. So we hit it the other night and watched it. And this is, <laughs> this is the quintessential... 50s atomic age movie that everybody makes fun of when people are doing a parody of 50 sci-fi movies this is is the one and probably queen from outer space is another one that's that's ripped off a lot that's true for that but this one oh god and we had both of us neither one of us had ever seen this before so it was a treat yes well so who is who is in this movie not many people yeah true the two notable ones sunny tufts uh he and he was at tons. Well, not he wasn't tons of stuff. He was a handful of stuff in the fifties, sixties. But the seven year itch, the big thing. Ah. Uh, then Victor Jory, who has about two hundred and two credits. A lot of westerns, a lot of stuff like that. But in TV, but mainly Gone, he was in Gone with the Wind. That's the big, big thing. Everybody else was, yeah, has done some work, but utterly forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> True. No names I recognized. Yeah. Off the top of my head, you know. Again, like I said, this was fifty three. Also. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, whew. so this so is we've what gone what from... what the, uh, a doctor friend of mine used to call a Kirschinger. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So we've gone from a movie that has a lot of actual base in science to one that, that has, has never zero heard of, <laughs> has never heard of the word before. <laughs> no, this is oh, this is beautiful. It starts off with they're on the spaceship already in flight. <laughs> And it was like, it leads you to believe this is the first space flight. Yes. Because they're surprised, we made it, we're in space. We made it, yeah, we made it to space. And they're, they're wearing kind of, I guess, average military work clothes. In, yeah. You know, sure. but they're they're tied down or strapped down to these no, cots. No, they weren't even strapped oh, down. Oh, they weren't? No. They're laying on these suspended cots yes. in the it's, spaceship. It's like, imagine you're on a, a boat, a ship. You know, and you're in a, a hammock. It's almost like that, but it's it's like a military. It's a cot. stiff military cot, yeah. but they're suspended in air above the floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're in these you know office rolling chairs. Yes, only the wheels are taken off and they're put on wooden bases, but not tacked down to the floor. Yeah, and there's desk with electronic gizmos on them and, the and a window see. looking out into space. Yes, yes, and it's you know it's not far above like the you know space TV shows of the fifties, right. really. And apparently, you know, the, the anti-grav, which is never mentioned, works beautifully <laughs> in a spaceship because nothing floats. It is Ed, almost Ed Wood quality spaceship. Oh, my God. It's so funny. So they start out blasting into space and they're all like shaking and their eyes are huge and they calm down. They've made it into space. And everything's good, so they get out of their yeah. little and hammock it's, beds. Well, four guys and one girl. Right. Yeah. They get out of their, their beds. And Helen was her name, right? Okay. I think her name was Helen. I've forgotten. <laughs> well, I kind of got some names. Anyway, the first thing she does, she gets out of bed. She goes to her purse or desk or something, picks up a mirror and a brush and starts brushing her hair. <laughs> and I was like. Like a good 50s housewife. Why? Yes, this is what we should do. So now keep in mind, this is the first thing she did. And the guy Not in checking charge, the instruments. Not right, making sure everything's okay. Hasn't looked at anything. <laughs> and then layered who happens to be the guy in charge. Or lard. <laughs> lard. So Laird, he checks in with each station, you know, communications and whatever. And she's navigation, apparently. And he says, <laughs> he says are, we on, are we on track? Are we on the right path? And she says, yes. And he says, are you sure? 
She's still brushing her hair. Yes, of course I am. <laughs> but we come to find out she has been hypnotized from afar, manipulated yes. by the Catwoman to bring these guys there. Yes. They're going to explore the moon for some reason. I forget what the reason was. Because they can. Yeah. but she And she takes them to the dark side of the moon where... Where no one's ever seen before. Yeah. How could you have ever seen the dark side of the moon, they ask? Just trust me. I know. Yeah. There's a landing spot and, cave, and a cave and to a explore. Cave. Yeah. yeah. How do you know about this cave? I just do. And they take her by her word there. So they get on these... Oh, wait. We, we skipped over my oh. favorite part. Oh, yeah. So they get hit by what they say is a meteor or something. I don't know how they don't blow up in space, but whatever. And so they all have to go buckle themselves in. So they strap themselves to the chairs that aren't buckled down to the floor, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. So they land on the moon and they put on these floppy baggy spacesuits. Yes. Which were actually re- were reused in Destination Moon. Oh, okay. And I think some of the sets and also I think in Project on Project Moonbase another film. They reused a lot of that stuff over and over. And they put on the space helmets, which is two different kinds of space helmets. Yeah. But both of them had little holes in the front oh, of yeah. the glass. So they, I guess so they won't fog up on Pay set. Pay no attention to the holes in the glass. <laughs> but they get out on the moon. And apparently, you know, they have some, which is never mentioned, but they have some incredible, you know, weighted boots that keeps them from floating in the anti you know the yeah. low gravity of the moon but they're just walking normal yeah that's what i'm saying they got the yeah. heavy boots yeah but you know. yeah no, nothing so anyway different. i'm just speculating that part then they get into a cave and there's no no w- they walk one they walk a little ways and then he says give me one of those cigarettes because she has to have her cigarettes it makes her feel at home yeah so she takes out a cigarette and gives it to the guy and then he Oh, I forget how he lights it. It's, what, no, it's like between the dark oh, side and the light yes. side of the moon. So he just drops it on the ground and it bursts into flames. In the flames. light side. Yes. To show how hot it is or something. Because it, you know, it burns. Because there's there. no air. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> so we go to the cave. Yeah. They go to this cave and as they walk on, they discover that, oh, they can breathe in the cave. So they take off their spacesuits, completely take them off. Yep. Instead of just, we'll take the helmet off for a minute. And uh, they walk along, and shenanigans happen, and somebody steals their spacesuits, and they end up finding the Catwomen. Yes. And I, you know, I forgot to. There's I, big fuzzy spiders first. I oh, like we them. forgot. Yeah, the big sp- spiders with the you know the one horn on the head. Yes. Big that giant fuzzy spiders. Lowered down for, by horn. ropes from the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> Not webs. They were they were like ropes. They were ropes. <laughs> and they jump on and beat the spiders up and stuff. Yes. And then we discover that one of the guys, whose name I can't remember, Walt. Walt was his name, right? Sure. No, I can't remember. One of his name was Walt. One of them had a gun, and he refused to not take the gun, because you just never know. They could be dangerous. Well, he was smart. He was smart. Because they were. Yes. And somewhere along the way, in the cave, after, oh, it was after the spider attack, Helen is, Helen is a bit faint. Yeah. Because, you know, she's the lady, so she's got to be faint. So she's... Sitting against a rock. Resting while the menfolk go and look around. Yes. And one of the cat women sneaks up to her as she's unconscious. Well, she's not really unconscious. Yeah. She's just got her eyes closed. And, and does some circle thing, like circle, circle, dot, dot. But puts like some kind of disc in her palm or yeah, something. Yeah, on her palm. And you can kind of see like a circle light thing on her palm. But yeah. nobody else seems to see it. It's just we yeah. know it's there. And then, Not yet. Right. So now she... She wakes she's up. She's one of them. She's one of them, but we don't know what that Not means yet. yet. Yeah. 
So they, they do find the Catwoman, or Catwoman find them. And they make it being friendly. The Catwoman make it being friendly at first. Yes. And through a series of events overnight, or a couple of hours, I'm not sure the time. Yeah. We find the Catwoman's plot. They want to take over, get the ship, and get the men to teach them how to fly the ship so they can go to Earth and hypnotize everybody and take over the Earth. Yes. Because they have no menfolk of their own. Yeah. Where are your menfolk? You're the first man I've ever seen. And I don't know, was the plan to, like, keep the menfolk or to get rid of i don't know well, i don't I think, know i, I think never really got that these guys i think they were leave on the moon and just take the ship yeah yeah but alas one of the cat women falls in love with one of the astronauts yes lambda because yeah. they're all named after greek alphabet yeah alpha beta beta and lambda that's the only names we got well we only get the three cat women yes right yeah we see other ones but we don't get their names yeah uh, anyway lambda course, falls in love with yeah. one of them yeah not, she doesn't want to go through with the plan. Yeah. And we do get a dance number. We do. Sort of. Sort of. A cat women dance number. Sort they of. Don't, they just do the same thing over and over. Yeah. But whatever. It was surprising, though. <laughs> <laughs> and it was surprising all... and disappointing at the yes. same time. <laughs> yeah. Can you oh tell how God. enthused we are about this one? <laughs> well, it was fun. I mean, I had fun joking on it. Yeah, it was fun. It wasn't... It, I can say it's not the worst film I ever saw, but no. it was... Watching it, it was like, okay, yeah, this is what, whenever anybody makes fun of these types of movies, this, this is, is what they're doing. This is what they're making fun of. This is one of them. Yeah. Well, I had fun making fun of it, too. So oh, it's yeah. Okay. And I loved how Alpha, whenever she was talking, um, especially in the, the first parts of watching her give her dialogue, yeah. she, she had this weird, I don't know, she kept moving back and forth. Like, she was trying <laughs> to punctuate all of, her, <laughs> all of her speech. It was weird. Yeah, and the, I don't know why they were called cat women because the only thing I mean they had black they had black cat suits leotard cat suits with like white collars yeah and they didn't have cat ears or anything no but they had their their eyebrows they had like Spock eyebrows yeah you know that was about it really that's it that was also on uh on the Roku on the Tubi I think one of them yeah so you know treat yourself or not <laughs> I mean it was a good laugh. You will, you will enjoy. It's definitely one of those. Yeah, get you know, get some friends over, get some pizza and some whatever you choose to drink, and and I have a it, few, and then watch it. I think it was only sixty four minutes or something. Yeah, like it wasn't that. long. It was very short, yeah. and it was it was a good time. I mean, I I had a good time laughing if you, at if it. If you like this so bad, it's good. You'll love this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was uh, definitely one of those you do not want to take seriously yeah now we should have done a double feature of this and queen from outer space yeah well we'd already done that one yeah so. no no queen of blood oh we did queen of blood queen of blood right. was was actually fun yeah but there was some funny in that too. oh yeah yeah anyway yeah okay Wait, we'll watch queen from outer space sometime you'll see what i mean okay i think it's jaja gabor is in that oh geez well that's yeah, or ava i get those two mixed up but uh <laughs> that one's been parodied a lot too this one, you know, I don't know. I'd probably buy this, too, if it was cheap. <laughs> if I could get a copy of it cheap. I mean, you can probably find it at a dollar store somewhere. Yeah, I'm Although sure. they're a dollar a quarter I, now. Yeah, I don't follow MST3K, really, but I'm sure they've done this one. I can't see how they couldn't have done this one. Yeah, they would have had to have done this you know? one. It's it's just terrible. 
<laughs> I think it makes it even more terrible because we watched something that was pretty smart and yeah. then we watched this. Yeah, we watched Magnetic Monster first and then we watched Catwoman of the Moon. Maybe if we had done them in reverse order, it would have been better. But you know, we say it's terrible. It, it's not a good movie and you laugh at it and joke on it, but I still had fun watching it. Oh yeah, of course. So, of course. But it's not one of those that I really had fun watching. No, no. But it was all right. And there's lots of other weird subplots that they throw in there where Laird and Helen are apparently an item, but she really wants the co-pilot. And uh, anyway. Yeah, they try to uh, throw that that subplot stuff. It just doesn't really work. No, it doesn't work. I think one of the big things is the actors in this didn't have the charisma of the personality, you know, as like Carlson. Sure. And, you know, the other people in the other movie where you liked each of the pe- the actors. Yeah. They came across better. And these people were kind of bland. Yeah, and I really know? didn't care if they lived or not. Yeah, you didn't care. You don't, you know, and they're not really memorable. Their faces and true. <laughs> or anything. Yeah, that's true. So I think that had a lot to do with it, too. Yeah, you know? maybe so. All right. Well, this is a short one. We knew it was going to be short, but it was fun to watch them both anyway. Yeah. So check them out if you get a chance. You know, you'll... You'll either like them or you won't, but hey. <laughs> but watch We did our and, part. <laughs> that's right. But watch them and let us know what you think. Um, be sure to check out the Facebook page. Hopefully Rob will be caught up. And, uh, yeah, I'm behind on pictures. the last two episodes for getting pictures with everything that's been going on. So I'll try to maybe catch up with that this week and get pictures for the past two and this one. Yes. He's uh, got a lot of work to do, but he'll get yeah. caught up. Yeah. And uh, drop us a comment. Let us know what you think. And let us know what you think about the movies if you get to watch them. Yeah. I think we have one thing left to do. That's right. We do. We have to prove that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. Now, we do this about every episode. This is a game that Clayton and I came up with many years ago. It's like the seven degree or six, what, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but we discovered this before that game came about, that you can connect anything and anyone back to the original Planet of the Apes uh, series of films and TV shows. And it's true. The world does revolve around Planet of the Apes, and we're about to prove it. So Phil is going to give me somebody or something from one of these movies, and I will connect it back in as few steps as possible. Indeed. We have lots of people to choose from. I guess we will go with Richard Carlson from Magnetic Monster. Richard Carlson was in It Came From Outer Space with Russell Johnson. Okay. The professor from Gilligan's Island. Ah, right. Okay. And Jim Backus was in Gilligan's Island as Thurston Hell III. Jim Backus was also in... Well, Jim Backus was in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. With everybody. With everybody. <laughs> but Mantan Moreland was one of the cab drivers in that. Okay. Mantan Moreland was in Spider Baby. Wow. With Carol Omart, mm-hmm. who was in House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price, who was in Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. <laughs> Well done. How about that? <laughs> well done. Good job. You have once again proven that the world does indeed revolve around planet of That it does. Now, give me Kathleen Freeman real quick. Oh, jeez. All right, Kathleen Freeman. She was in The Buccaneer with Charlton Heston. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to give me her. <laughs> That's way too fast. As a bonus for you. All right. Fair. So all there right. you have it. So go watch all the Planet of the Apes movies. Indeed. And watch The Magnetic Monster. 
and Catwoman on the Moon after you've had a few beer. (laughs) All right. I guess that's about it. That's all I got. That's all I got. Till next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night.